One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let me ask you a question. Is this Saturday paper for people that think they're very smart? Is that the sort of newspaper we're reading from here? Yeah, yeah. Because these questions are rather difficult. It's a, it's a very it's a hard question. <laughs> Quite, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling nervous for your score. Welcome to Wax Quizzical. This is the podcast with all the best bits of the podcast. Do you want to do a best of episode? They asked me. And I said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And they said, Kyron, when do you think it's the best time to do that? And I said, what about early morning on Tuesday, the 5th of January? And they said, awesome. Let's put that together. So here we are, the perfectly timed best of 2020 episode. I think we found 10 bits that we really, really loved um, from the last, what are we doing this now? Six months? I think we've been doing six months and we've crunched them all together and um, just pulled out the best and we're going to play them for you today before we get back to regular programming next week, next Monday indeed. So this first episode, Nazim Hussein dropped by to see if he could get 10 out of 10. Didn't work out for him. Uh, and maybe that's down to his brain's trust. A good friend of Luke McGregor's, we had the accuser, the adversary, the antichrist. It's the devil. Hello. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, enemy number one. Uh, do you? Oh, please, uh, Satan, if it's easier. Satan. Oh, you've got many names, don't you? I do, yes. Uh, quite a few nicknames. Uh, but uh, I guess, um, you know, whichever one you want to go with is, is fine by me. Well, we'll see how many of them come up. Um, are you a big gardener, Satan? Uh, no, it's fairly hard to grow plants in hell. Um, <laughs> the conditions aren't amazing. We, I mean, we do have we, we do have gardeners that have been punished and sent to hell, and then we do put them out in. Uh, we, we make them think that it's quite a um, fertile soil, but obviously, when they go to plant something, they can't grow anything. So it's uh, it's very frustrating for them. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, no, it's fairly it's it's more of a rocky environment, if I must admit. <laughs> There's, there's the Garden of Eden, that's in heaven, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't been there for a while. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure what they've done with the place. Um, yeah. But uh, we, we do have a garden, but it's, uh, I, I, only I have access to it, obviously. I've got to ask, like, do you, what are uh, 
if you don't mind me asking, it's probably a personal question. What are, what are your actual powers? Like, what can you do to people? Because some would say that you can shoot fire at people, but other people describe you as someone that just suggests bad things in people's ears. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like social media. I just, uh, you know, I suggest things. I'm a bit of a lurker, but I don't, um, I don't really take control of anyone or possess anyone. That's not really how it works. Um, right. You know, we just have a lot of devils um, who... Um, uh, sitting on, uh, say, Twitter, and then we just we'll just tweet something out, you know, like uh, you know, like right, right. you know, one of them will say, um, "Don't wear masks," or <laughs> you know, you know, and then and then we'll just see what happens. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's more it's more just sort of meddling as opposed to our uh, direct control. See so how many retweets you get. Yes, yes. Is there some sort of reward system, KPIs, and stuff like that? Uh, not really. I mean, it's it's for eternity, so I can't <laughs> fire anyone. No one can leave. So I mean, I can't send them back. Yeah. So you know, there's not really mm. you know and people you know if they do a bad job well it's hell what are you going to do mm. and I should say that uh, I will see all of you eventually uh, in hell no one's perfect so everyone <laughs> a little, what people don't know is that everyone does go to hell um, except for dogs um, except for who dogs but uh, dogs dogs don't go to hell some dogs go to hell but most of them don't yeah. well they're all such good boys and girls aren't they they are yes cats though we've got full of them cats running around everywhere um, big cat fan <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, shall we dive into a quiz and, and see how we go here? Question number one, Nazim. Which 1974 song by The Three Degrees begins with the words precious moments? I'm going to have to lean on the brain's trust here. Yeah, well, let's let's go to the king of the bottomless pit. Do you know a song that starts with precious moments? Precious moments. No, there aren't, there aren't a lot of... I mean, there are precious moments to me in hell, but there aren't... Um... Are you English? Uh, no, no, I, uh, see, I'm just sort of very excited by my lifestyle. Um, <laughs> precious moments. Uh, oh, one precious moment in hell was, uh, I remember when we put in a uh, table tennis table, mm. um, but no bowls, <laughs> uh, and the net would always fall down. <laughs> so that was, that was a fun week. You said balls or bowls? Bowls. I don't I can't say bowls very well. As in the bouncy balls or the, or the, or the... Or like a, like a, like a bouncy bowl. Um, but I, I say it the same way as bowl. Um, so which one are you referring to? The one that you put fruit in? No, no, the, the bowl, the, the table tennis bowl. I mean, at this point, the uh, the, the anecdote is um, is dead in the water. But, uh, <laughs> but I was referring, of course, to a table tennis bowl. <laughs> but yes, three degrees. Uh, I'm not sure. No, and it very really gets to three degrees in hell. Uh, it's often quite hotter, so uh, I can't say I've heard of this song. <laughs> and uh, even if I did know the answer, it's... Um, you know, even if I did know the answer, it's not in my nature to help someone. So <laughs> you did pick Satan. So uh, obviously you must have expected something was going to go wrong. <laughs> um, well, we do just need the name of a 1974 song then. Well, it's definitely not death metal because the devil would know about that. That's just yep. style, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, I think Queen, the, the, the original name was Three Degrees. Do you want to lock in Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think... It's, it's, you actually pop up in that song, don't you, Beelzebub? Yes, it's a great, a great song. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they probably performed that under th- Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, that's a, a little-known fact. It's a little-known fact, yeah. Uh, even I know that. Huh? Yeah. Very little-known. So let's lock in Bohemian, let's Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, we'll lock in Bohemian Rhapsody. But unfortunately, it was When Will I See You Again, so disappointingly no point there. Next up, Georgia Mooney from All Our Exes Live in Texas, and actually her solo record. I wonder... Th- probably coming out sometime this year. You can say this year now. Uh, Dropped by to see if she could get 10 out of 10 uh, with her brain's trust of uh, 
Student Council President Polly Hanrahan, good friend of Bridie Connell's, and a good friend of Cal Wilson's, uh, Meredith Music Festival. It's, it's very rare that we've had a psychic on this show, let alone a cutlery psychic. My Chiron. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. If I could just ask one favour just at the start. Please, yeah. I'm getting a lot of loud feedback from some of your forks. Would you be able to just close the drawer a little because I, I didn't even realize it, was it open. sounds nice and quiet to you, but it's quite it's quite loud for me. Yeah, sorry, I don't even notice if I leave the cutlery drawer open. So is this is this an impact of being a cutlery psychic? Mm, I mean, I'm getting I'm get, I'm learning a lot about you, Kyron, from your cutlery as we speak. And one of them, a knife, is yeah. saying. He never fucking shuts the cutlery drawer. Yeah, it's true. So just that's not from me. Mm. That's from your knife. That's interesting. I'll just open the. Th- I'll just open the third drawer down. Actually, if you just give me a second. Oh Jesus! Oh, Kyron! Oh, Kyron! It's a terrible accident that's happened between a cookie cutter and a cake slide. <laughs> yeah. The scratches are. So this is very. This is not what I signed up for. There's a lot of distress. I know. I'm so sorry. I'll shut that. I'll shut that for you there. Um, sorry, that wasn't for a firm shut. I don't. I don't have those gliders on my drawers. You know those beautiful finishes that you see in the homes mm. that they give away on telethon. Yeah, you know, I don't have that. I just it yes, just I'm, shuts. I'm well aware. When it I'm shuts, well it shuts. You know. Do you find that the, the second drawer down is often a bit of a battlefield with so many mixed mm. So many types. mixed things and, and nothing sadder than a single chopstick. Yeah. Nothing sadder, just mm. one chopstick. And, yeah. I, you know, bamboo is harder to read. It's not metal. <laughs> okay. But you do sometimes hear just a desolate howl and sometimes that howl is answered from a pot plot on the terrace that has been held up with the other chopstick. It's, wow. it's like Romeo and Juliet, but they're supposed to go in your mouth. Wow, so it does, oh. it does sound like... It does sound like if only any um, cutlery questions come up, they'll be covered. But do you have any other mm. um, areas of expertise, Meredith Music Festival, that, um, that you might be able to bring to the quiz today to assist Georgia? Well, to be honest, a lot of my time is taken up by cutlery because mm, it is my passion as I'm well sure, as my yeah. job. But also I am a stylist oh. um, and actually I meld my two passions together because I'm led by the cutlery. Mm. So often, you know, there's a there's a, a trend for big open spaces, open plan, open concept spaces. But when I listen to what the cutlery wants, often I will remodel someone's home. So instead of a vast living space, Mm. Uh, I reconfigure it into just a series of giant drawers, just <laughs> layers of velvet and giant drawers. And all of yeah. the people who live in the house can mm. there, therefore lie on their backs and slide into their drawers and really experience what it is to be cutlery. Yeah, you do notice that on um, like on Grand Designs, not, you know, Kevin MacLeod, it's not very cutlery forward. Is it? No, I've written many letters, but uh, actually it's interesting. I ate at a restaurant once and the spoon that I was using had been used by Kevin MacLeod and she didn't have a lot of positive feedback. No, (laughs) Um, but I'm sure the, the spoon delivered it in a way that made it sound like it was positive feedback. Yes, yes, she'd spent a lot of time with Kevin. She was actually quite insulting, but I didn't realise until afterwards (laughs) when I 
played the conversation back to myself. English television personality Joe Frost is also well known by what nickname? You spent some time in the UK, Georgia. Frosty. Frosto. Are you friends with the Frostmeister? Frost. The Frostington? I have spent time in the UK. I've not come across Joe. Jack? Joe? Joe. Jo- Joe Frost. Yeah, yes, that's a firm bad. no. Joe Frost. Okay. <laughs> um, TV personality. TV yeah, personality. All right. After school television, Polly, was a was a feature of my schooling. I used to come home and, and turn it on pretty much straight away at 3.30, grab the cartoons, you know, maybe a little bit of Huey's Cooking Adventures. Do you turn on the TV when you get home? As- no. My ideal weekday afternoon would be something like reading Machiavelli's The Prince or something like that. But that's great that you love TV and I'm very happy for you. Um <laughs> The only thing that I can think of as a lyrics to Frosty the Snowman or the oeuvre, of course, of Robert Frost, the poet, another pastime I love to read poetry, but I'm not familiar with Joe Frost, so I'll have to pass. Perhaps we could um, tune in to Joe Frost's cutlery and see if we well, could um, get some information it, there, Meredith. It's funny funny you should say that, Kyron, yeah. because that's exactly what I've been doing. Um, I, uh, one of my spirit guides is Marie Antoinette's cake fork. <laughs> and so um, I've been talking to Jean-Marie and Jean-Marie also happens to know Joe Frost's cucumber slice. <laughs> Really? Wow. wow. Whoa. What what is a cucumber slice? I've not even come I've not come across it's that before. Like, it's like a um it's like a human razor. Yeah. Okay. Larger with a deeper blade. And uh to be honest, it's really only used in choreographed fight scenes amongst certain societies. Um uh. I don't want to say Freemasons. Uh so obviously uh she she was given the cucumber slice as a congratulations for getting the job. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it turns out that her nickname, according to the cucumber slice, is certainly around the house, is Titsy McGee. Titsy McGee. Wow. wow. Oh, that is interesting. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be Titsy McGee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Georgia. That no, threw me. Neither was I. Jean-Marie was quite shocked as well as he related. He was sacre bleu. It's Titsy McGee. Yeah. Titsy McGee. Well, I'm happy to lock that in. You want to, oh, yeah, okay. Let's put down Titsy a McGee. A more reputable source than a cucumber mm. knife. I want to talk more about Marie Antoinette's cake fork because mm. to have lived in existence so close to one of the most famous quotes of all history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that cake fork, Jean Marie, Jean Marie, um, could confirm or deny whether indeed Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake." This is what happened because we did discuss this. It's one of those questions that tends to follow well, on. Well, it would for. be the first one. So, yeah. what happened was she was having lessons in speaking English, uh-huh. and for some reason, her tutor who was written by Jane Austen, decided that the phrase that she should learn in English was, let them eat cake. Uh And the actual uproar was that when her advisor came to her and said, the people are starving, in French, obviously, so it probably sounded a bit more like, the people are starving, when they came and (laughs) said that to her, that she answered in English and they didn't know what she said and they executed her. And all she was saying was, let them eat cake, which was a generous offer to allow Jean-Marie to have a holiday in England with the English tutor. 
Yeah. Don't see that written down in many history books. You don't. No, it's gone the same way as the bayonet knife, um, <laughs> unfortunately. So lucky to have you to correct history for yeah. us. Oh, it's a it's a burden, but I'm you know I'm just glad to help. It may surprise you to learn that it wasn't Titsy McGee; it was Super Nanny. Uh, up next, Reese Nicholson has been on the uh, podcast once or twice, um, or thrice. When he pops up, it's a good indication that someone else has dropped off. You know, it's a good clue that something's gone horribly wrong and Reese is sitting in the next room. Uh, on this particular episode, he was joined by, on the Brains Trust, Stephen Manley, President of Society of Chodes, a good friend of Ben Russell's, uh, not because they both have chodes. Um, I think later in the episode we learned that Ben has something of a hog. But also they were joined by Michelle Brazier's good friend, popular musician, Paris Hilton. And I started by asking, because I haven't seen her in a while, what have you been up to lately? I've just been going through my bags. Now, when you say bags, do you mean yeah. like you had you a couple like bags? Louis Vuitton yeah, or Coke? I had a, like Louis Vuitton bags of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Wow. Right. Weirdly less expensive than Australian cocaine. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did see that because you have kind of come out recently and said that it, all the last kind of version of you was not real and this is the real so is this oh, are we yeah. getting Julia the re, are we getting the real you now yeah. yes in a lot of ways Paris Hilton is just like Julia Gillard well she came out she was like now you're getting the real Julia yeah so yeah was that your inspiration I will not sit here and be lectured on misogyny and um <laughs> by this man like I like I won't do it so yeah, this is the real wow. me. So the, Par- this is the Paris. Paris Hilton Accord. Yeah, that's what they're calling it—the <laughs> the hotel. I think I'm a member of a court. Yeah, I yeah. think you are. That's, yeah. Do you know all the members do? I know every close. single one. There's, there's, yeah. only about a, there's only about twenty of us, I think. Yeah, so. it's yeah, Reese and um, name the other nineteen. John Woods, <laughs> the actor. Yeah. Wow. And um. Chelsea and (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for being here Paris Um, it's it's exciting to have you back which American singer links the songs tired of being alone call me and everything's gonna be alright tired of being alone call me and everything's gonna be alright any of those tracks ring any bells for anybody Bob Marley you reckon Bob Marley everything is gonna be alright yes but then call me is Blondie, isn't it? And that song is called No Woman No Cry. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So my argument is falling down. <laughs> are they any of your tracks, Paris? They are all on my new album, yeah. Oh, what's the album called? We can give it a plug. Um, the album is, is called Diamonds. Diamonds oh, featuring yeah. Tired of Being Alone, Call Me and Everything's Gonna Be All Right. Yeah, and my um, the lead single is called Daddy. <laughs> Maybe uh, could we hear a little bit of Daddy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it goes like, oh my god, this is crazy. Okay, so it's like, Daddy didn't come home today, but we're gonna wear his shoes anyway. And girls are coming over, and we're gonna have shots, and we're gonna get 
into the poo and then there's like an EDM I'm sorry did you say gonna get into the poo (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I said into the poo it's like um, like a treatment Oh, it's a treatment thing. It's that's it's another not, thing. That's it's another product anal. I'm bringing out. Anal is but a dream. I've heard barely touched the side. I've heard another one of my songs. Actually, anal is but a dream. I dream the dream of anal. In brackets, daddy. Now, does it say musician? Like, does it? Because which American singer? It says singer. Singer, like. I mean, it's not Debbie, like, Call Me, I just can't get past Call Me being a Debbie Harry song, but is it like... Well, it could be that maybe Debbie Harry is sung on other people's songs, so it may be, you know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily that it's Blondie's song, so it could be that... Yeah, let's Harry fucking Debbie Harry, is everyone happy with Debbie Harry? Yeah. Hey, why not? Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't Debbie Harry, it was Al Green. Next up, we have, oh, this is a surprise, Reese Nicholson, popular Melbourne comedian. Got a new Netflix special out, actually, uh, worth checking out. Obviously, someone couldn't come to this yet. Uh, Reese jumped in with a brains trust. We had a friend of Alex Lee by the name of Candy Mulligan, a um, two-inch tall Sydney zookeeper from memory, and also a friend of AJ Lamarck's, uh, a party organiser, a German party organiser by the name of Hans in the Air. Guten Morgen, guten Abend, wie geht's y'all? Hello Hans, thank you for joining us. 90s German nightclubs, what was the scene like back then? Uh, it was uh, the party in the morning and then naturally you would go for brunch um, and then after brunch <laughs> you just party straight into the evening and you just repeat and repeat. Sometimes you pick your kids up from school and drop them off again yep. but it was it was fun time. And you owned not what was the what was the nightclub that you had? It was called Party Party. <laughs> party Party. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We wanted everything he said so far has been like an innuendo. <laughs> Dropping the kids off. <laughs> Omelettes for brunch. Who knows? No, we are pretty yeah, direct we... people. We say what we mean. Uh, I don't know mm. innuendo at this word. Party, party. That sounds like. Is that was that one of those big like multi-floor clubs? Giant. Yeah. Um. We even had travelators. It was that big that sometimes you were just like, I can't walk straight, and so you just travelate all the way along to different rooms. Oh, I thought you said you had travel agents. Oh yeah, that too. Because sometimes you're like, <laughs> hey, Germany's like, oh, I like it, but doof doof. Maybe I want Spanish doof doof, and off uh-huh. you travelate. Just- just so I know, in in German, how many floors were there? Um, Einsenzfranzig. Oh, oh wow. right. um, asked and answered. Einsenzfranzig twenty one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel like such a fool. Twenty one <laughs> floors nightclub. Um, how do you go with quizzes, Hans? Did you ever? Did you get time in the nineties to also do some study? Oh, yeah, actually, one of the floors in, in Party Party was actually a examination floor for the bar. Uh, so a lot of lawyers would come in and sit the bar, uh, and then they would become lawyers and go off and do other yeah. things. So I am so convenient to be able to sit the bar exam at the bar. At the bar bar. Exactly. That was actually the name of the floor you, you've been. Oh. Bar bar. Yeah. Great. No, I wish I had a... I, unfortunately, I was a little baby. Wow. How old are you, Hans? Right, yeah. Just out of interest? Uh, I am... Um, 21. Oh. <laughs> 21 years old. You're 21 yeah. and you owned a nightclub in the 90s. Yeah, what can I say? Wow. We start young. We are very efficient. Yeah. yeah. Embryonic ownership. Yeah. That's... um. 
Which is a band, I think, that toured around that time. Yeah. How many labours did Hercules reputedly perform? Did Hercules ever drop into Party Party? Oh, yeah. He was actually one of the first people that laid the founding bricks. Um, and that was actually one of the seven labours, I believe, that he had to do. Um, one of the seven? Yeah. So one was help me build Party Party. <laughs> <laughs> The second was yeah. find a good brunch spot nearby that could accommodate, you know, one <laughs> to 20,000 people on any given day. Um, yes. The third was learn learn how to, to sing Eine Kleine Menschen. Um, it's a very fun German song. Uh, yeah. And the fourth was to figure out uh, three other things that he could do to make it seven. Do you want to lock in seven, Reese? I reckon seven sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I don't understand how you're going to get any closer to the answer than that. And I guess the last one of the labours was to see how many he'd done. He had to count it. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't seven. It was 12. So that's four out of four wrong so far. Uh, not doing so well on this best of 2020 episode of Wax Quizzical. Uh, on this particular episode, we had Araya Gorgowski's good friend Fanny Farkle, a dog walker from New York. And Broden Kelly, uh, one third of Auntie Donna, available now on Netflix. On Netflix, um, as a chicken, <laughs> I think, possibly. I found out together with Michael Hing, who, because he's a very uh, popular presenter on popular youth radio network Triple J, thought might know what the link is between the albums "Looking for Butterboy," "Into the Bloodstream." And tell me why. No, nothing's coming to mind right now. Fanny, do you have any? Uh, do you have any ideas on? On are you a much of a music fan, or are you mostly listening to the, the 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 gentle barking of dogs? That's true. I do have one favorite artist though, mm. um, which is the Baja Men. Yes. Um, but I don't recall them having any singles by those names. No. But I'm pretty sure they just have that one. My favorite song. You let the chickens out. Which is your, by the Baja. Men. Which is your favorite song by the Baja Men? It's who let the dog. Of course, of course, oh, of course. Yes. Did you ever get to the bottom of that? Uh, I don't think they did. No. no, but I suspect the Baja men themselves. You think it was oh. an inside job? You think this was? I a, think it wasn't a, a false flag a operation theory. by the Baja men who have called it in, saying someone let the dogs out, but it was actually them who did it. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, my mother always says, "Whoever smelt it, dealt it." Mm. How many? Do- what's is, is there a large dog population in New York? Oh, it's massive. Have you ever been to New York? I have once. There was one day. I think I walked at least fifty dogs in a day. They're everywhere, up to and including fifty. How many can you manage at one time? That was at one time. Wow. 50 at once. It was too many. Kyron, in New York, there's all underground yeah. dogs and they go right up the city and down. It's a whole... Right. It's Are a you whole thinking e- of trains? Yeah, sorry, I am. Yep. I'm thinking of the subway, yeah. the train subway system. You're speaking with quite a bit of authority. Have you been to New York, Chicken? Yeah, I went to see Hamilton. <laughs> and they... Just, just, just talk me through the process of you, a chicken, a real-life chicken, getting to New York, yeah, yeah. and then second to that, getting in to see the hit musical Hamilton, including how Hamilton. a chicken got tickets to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially Lin-Manuel Miranda is a music composer and writer of, you know, with a, with a real focus on hip-hop. He sort of broke ground yeah. with In the Heights. So we know what Hamilton is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. So we're across <laughs> Hamilton. We're, we're more wondering how you, a chicken... Yeah. Uh, got to New York, yeah, by, and then and and saw yeah, Hamilton. yeah, yeah. Well, I can't fly because of um, no, because famously chickens, flightless birds. Well, yeah, that's right, and I'm on a list. 
So, you know, you've just got to go by, you know, whatever way you can. Um, but you can now watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. But you watched it on Disney Plus in New York? No, I was in uh, Warrnambool, uh, um, you know, on my chicken farm. So you went to New York, you didn't watch Hamilton there, you came back to Warrnambool, and then you watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. It was sold out. It was sold out for months, Michael. Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that none of that was helpful, and I don't know the answer no. to this question. Which artist links the albums "Looking for Butterboy" into the bloodstream and tell me why? Let's say. John Legend. Yeah, of course it's not John Legend. It was Archie Roach. But a little bit later on in the episode, we discovered that this chicken may not be the chicken that he chickens to be. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, man. Seriously, like... Hazmat. It's a portmanteau. It's so, you're yeah, just saying as- things, man. Like, I've only got tiny little chicken ears. I know, like, two words. Mm. I know, like, predator yeah. or, like, fox. And I know, yeah. uh, like, seed... Like that's as my brain is this big, man. Like it, it, it just seems that you're, you are wildly careening between being a chicken with the limitations mm. and physical restrictions that being a chicken would entail. Yeah, and then occasionally you'll just sort of talk about some very human things that you're doing, Michael. You know, like going on an airplane and going. Sort of brings us back to, to that first question you had, doesn't it, Michael? Michael, mm. and I guess because the rest of us have turned our webcams on. And it, it does seem to me that you're just refusing to do that potentially again because you're a man no. pretending to be a chicken who occasionally forgets that he's told us he's a chicken. <laughs> All right, okay. Do you want me to fess up? Do you want me to be real with you? Yeah, when will the lies stop, All chicken? Right, okay. I'm not a chicken. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank right. you. I'm a pigeon. Oh. Sorry, what? I'm a pigeon. Oh. I'm a blue checkered cock. Wait. Are you changing it again, or are you, is that a type no, of pigeon? No, you look it up. I'm a blue checkered cock. <laughs> I'm a racing pigeon. Again? I've won several is tournaments. That, is that a pigeon, or are you saying that you are a cock that's got blue checks <laughs> yes, on I'm it? I'm a racing pigeon. I can fly upwards of 300 kilometres back to my pigeon I've loft. I've never had a conversation with someone where I was more confident that they were reading directly from a Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> well... That's that's the thing about that's the thing about uh, that is that the domestic pigeon, which is me, we are uh, we're from the Columbidae family of uh, bird. Yes, yeah, not sure we ever got to the bottom of that. On the next episode, Brody Snook joined us, trying to get to ten out of ten. Did an appalling job of that. Uh, maybe because of the brain's trust. We had a professor of facts. You'd expect more from good friend of Jeeves, Jeeves Verma, Dr. Shetty. Uh, but perhaps it was the other half of the brain's trust that let him down because we were joined by a friend of Guy Montgomery's, I guess a friend, the rat in the compost. Hi, Kyron. Hi, Brody. Hi, Dr. Shetty. Great to be here. Broadcasting. Uh, Shetty. It's Shetty, not Shetty. I, I'm terribly sorry. Uh there's a genuine mistake of the accent. Hello, Dr. Shetty. Uh, broadcasting to you live from beneath uh, some hollowed-out eggshells. So hopefully the, the acoustics are okay. They sound good they to me. They can get a little echoey in here. Was that breakfast today, some eggs? Not for me, no. But I do get the feeling that someone in the house next door did have some eggs. Um, mm. I don't know if you've tried eggshell, Chiron, but it's an absolutely horrible taste and one I would not wish upon my worst enemy. No, I generally put it into the worm farm, my eggshells. Wow. You know, would that I could. 
I've mm. um I've visited some worm farms in my time, and they're sort of like luxury apartments to my ibis equivalent accommodation down here. But I'm not one to hold a grudge. No. Um, do you enjoy quizzing? Do you get the fam together? And um... Wow, it's sort of a logistical nightmare. I mean, my family, of course, reaches into the thousands, and mm-hmm. so I've tried to put on a couple of quizzes. Rats, yep. of course, have been quarantining as well, but, I mean, it's a challenge to get a word in edgewise. They're yeah. a rowdy bunch, and um, frankly, Zoom... I don't think they appreciate the time and energy. What was that, sorry? The Zoom quizzes must be immense for the rat yes. community. I don't know if you've seen a Zoom with 2,000 windows open, but it's pretty difficult to make heads or tails of who's who. And as a rat, I feel like I can say this without risking offence. I find, you know, hundreds of my family members virtually indistinguishable from one another. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say that. You do all just look like a bunch of heads and tails. I can say it, you absolute racist pig. That's not for a human to come down here in the muck and the mire and cast aspersions on the imagery of us rats. Question six. Which Sydney-born woman has won four Academy Awards more than any other Australian? Which Sydney-born woman has four Oscars under her belt? Now, are you talking about film Oscars? Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the Academy Awards, I understand mm. they're an annual ceremony held in uh, sunny Los Angeles. Uh, for yeah, the best because of the best my neighbour, actually, she has a dog named Oscar and mm. a rabbit named Oscar. So that's all, already two Oscars. <laughs> Where were they born? She was born here in Double Bay. Right. So in, that is Sydney, I think, technically. Uh, but yep. you are not asking this. You are asking about the film Oscar. Did she win these animals? That is not out of the question. Mm. After all, if you haggle and you, and you get the prize, that is a sort of a win. And just because, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she didn't pay, play, pay full price. Yeah, and just because you know of two animals called Oscar does not mean she doesn't have more animals called Oscar. It is probable. Yeah. Oh, well, what's her name? Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge fan of the cinema myself. Mm. Oh yeah, you uh, do you. F- do you follow the awards? Do you buy into that as no, well? No, I don't really them? believe in ascribing sort of uh, merit-based awards on on something as sort of subjective as mm. as performance. But um, I do I do love to watch m- the moving pictures, mm-hmm. Ratatouille, Gang Bang in the Kitchen, Stuart Not yep. So Little, yeah, Fuck Fest Five Thousand, Five Thousand <laughs> Rats, Five Thousand Holes. This is probably the first time I agree with you. Raymond, <laughs> Fuckfest 5000 was one of the better... Rat-based pornos. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, was that Fuckfest 5000 because there's 5,000 rats or is that the 5,000th film in the series? So, Both. It's one of the few porn franchises that uh, is perfectly sequentially synced up the number of entries into the franchise <laughs> with the number of participants in the films. And that is a little known fact. Yeah, so Fuckfest 1 was pretty grim watching, but if you stick with the series, it really starts to come through <laughs> around the 2000s. Uh, Brody, do you know which Sydney-born woman has won four Oscars more than any other Australian? The only two people I can think would be Nicole Kidman or Kate Blanchett. Kate has not mm. had a mention. Personally, I think she's better, but I am not Oscars, so... Have they, have either of them won four? I think has Nicole won one. 
I don't know. She's been in more Hollywood-ish big hitters, yeah. hasn't she? So Keeping think- in mind, of course, we're talking about Nicole Kidman, owner of a rabbit and a dog here. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- so that's two. That's two. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we just two. don't know. Um, I'd be happy to lock in. I can't be bothered finishing that sentence. What do you think? Is there a chance it's someone who's not an actor? Mm. Yes. Do they give Academy Awards for other things? I think. I yeah, of course I from my knowledge of these things yes uh, art design maybe art design mm. it seems like tautology doesn't it art and design like if you are doing art you are doing design why need to say it two times <laughs> right it's sort of the ATM machine of cinema oh, yeah Raymond you seem like very cultured I am tremendously cultured yes do you know any Sydney born art designers uh not a not a huge amount. But I, I do know of a, a rat, a Sydney-based rat named Renee, who appeared in the uh, 2000 through 2400th Fuckfest franchises. And um, while well, she... Wow, that must have really, really taken it out of her. Yeah, yeah. The, the joy had gone out from behind her eyes. <laughs> by the end of it. But, um, yeah. She said sort of time she, to retire. She had, she had grand designs on on sexual yeah. performance. Yep. Why didn't she do any more movies after that? Well, it's hard to say what happens to actors and whatnot in retirement. But um, yeah. The feeling I got was uh, it just wasn't at it anymore. All right. Well, uh, Nicole Kidman, the dog and rabbit owner, uh, Renee from Fuckfest. Was it two thousand to four thousand? Two thousand to two thousand four hundred. Four hundred. Just the four hundred. Yeah. Films there. You'd be hard pressed to find a rat who's made it through two thousand of the films. Or Kate Blanchett. What would you like to lock in, Brody? I'd like to go with Renee the Rat, please. Renee the Rat. Okay. It won't surprise you to learn that it was not Renee from New Zealand. It was in fact art and costume designer Catherine Martin. Be that as it may. Um, if you want to check out some fantastic acting, I, I do recommend Fuckfest 2000 through 2400 if you want to see Renee the Rat and 2000 to 2399 other rats just absolutely go hammer and tongs at one another. Up next, host of popular podcast Do Go On, if you like your history, well worth a check out. And presenter on Triple J, Jess Perkins tried to get 10 out of 10 with the help of the president of the Friends of New England who's a good friend of Carlo Ritchie's. And also um, a good friend of Laura Hart's, um, the president, I think she's the president of the CWA, uh, of one part of Australia, can't quite remember, Nance Hartigan. Who's this? Uh, this is Kyron from Wax Quizzical. Is this, sorry, is Nance there? Uh, no, sorry, this is Terry. Um, oh. So I'm just in the middle of a solitaire game on the computer. You, you're looking for Nance, are you? Yeah, is she there? Oh, yeah, sorry, hold on one. Kyron, right. was it? Yes. Nance, there's someone on the Zooms for you. Oh, all right, I'm coming. Hello, Kyron, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. A bit now. of a mix-up there. That was my husband, Terry. Oh, right. Yes, it was a completely different person. It was Terry. <laughs> Afternoon is solitaire time for Terry, and we like to give him that time just to be by himself. Yeah. I was just in the kitchen, as I am, as the vice president of the Country Women's Association. What are you whipping up so, today? Some cream? 
Some scones. I like to have a dry scone. I think the cream is for the city folk. Oh, right. If you can make a scone great, you can make it dry and it'll taste just as good. Mm, sort of a separatist movement from the cities as well there. That's correct. Yes. Hello, everyone. Thank you for, for having me. So it's a real pleasure and a real a real delight. Yeah, this is this is Jess. Hi, Nance. How are Hello, you? Hello, Jess. Hello, darling. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. I'm, I'm fascinated by dry scones. Mm. No, no jam or or anything. Just no, just no jam. Yeah, right. I do make a lovely jam, but mm. no, you've got to have the scones dry. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I'm happy to send you some in the post. I can just wrap that up in some baking paper and pop it in the post for you. Nance, mm. I would absolutely love that. Could take up to two weeks at the moment. And Nance, um, I'm not sure you might have. Have you met? Jeff, he's the president of the Friends of New England. Yes, I have heard of Jeff. Hello, Jeff. How are you going? Is that Nance Hartigan? It is, yes, darling. Nance, I wondered when they said Nance in the CWA, I didn't quite make that connection, you know, because there's also Nancy O'Sullivan. Yes, but Nancy O'Sullivan is the chapter president, not the vice president, honey. Is that right? No, I kind of get those mixed up. <laughs> oh, God. oh, we're no. just going to have a great time. And you never know, Terry's, a, he's, you know, he's not the sharpest bulb in the tanning bed, but he can help out around the house, so I'm, I'm happy to call on him as well. How are you feeling, Jess? It does sound like we're going to have rural Australian uh, quiz questions covered. <laughs> yeah, it's the conversation equivalent of a warm hug. <laughs> I do get that a lot. Yes. <laughs> I bet you do, Ned. I bet you do. All right, well, let's dive into a quiz. Question number one, which song recorded by Bette Midler won Song of the Year at the 33rd Grammy Awards in 1991. Nance, were you watching the Grammys in 1991? 1991. I was up to my pits in baking flour and just getting getting right into it. That was the year of the, the biggest bake-off. We were actually trying to make Australia's largest pavlova. Mm. Look, I am a Bette Midler fan, though. I do like a bit of Bette. Mm. <laughs> She's, uh, you know, she can she can. Sometimes I do put music on when I'm when I'm really getting in the zone in the kitchen. Um, um, I have to rack my brain about a song though. That's uh, tricky. There, she's got a few good ones, doesn't she? Yeah. Any favourites? Um, let me think. <laughs> Comes to mind. Um, I'll have to Terry Bet Midler. So let me just chat to Terry about it. Sorry, Jeff, you go. Ninety-one was actually the year that they, sh- the New South Wales Railways, shut down the branch line and the Great Northern Rail on from Armidale up to the border, mm. and that actually was a huge. That was that was big blow to the community. Certainly losing that train line. They we'd lost the mail train in eighty-eight. Actually, November eighty-eight, they shut down the branch line, and all the infrastructure's still there. And Jess. If you do get a chance to get up to New England, I definitely recommend getting out there and, and just checking out some of the sites there along the rail line. Mm. And no, so 91, yeah, it was a good year. And I have in my mind a, a song of Bette Midler's that was going on at the time. And uh, I don't know, it's it's I feel like it has something to do with wings mm. or being lifted up or something like that. It's, that's, oh, that's the, the, the wind... The wind beneath my, you Is are the yeah. wind beneath my wings. Well, I am also man. the local karaoke champion there. <laughs> that's a bit of a taste for you. Champion? I didn't realise it was a competition. Yes, oh, it's all comps in the CWA, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You should see my home, Kyron. Every surface has a bloody trophy on it. <laughs> I'd like to see that, Ned. Where are you based? I'm in, I'm in um, gas. In yes. Gas, the sister suburb to Yes. But it's oh, just right. Gas. Yes. That's very nice. That's cute that they've done that. 
I don't know if that's a help to you, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is because I think that was a bit of teamwork there between you both, which I appreciate. And I loved getting a, getting a little glimpse at those golden pipes, Nance. Just, Am yeah. I allowed to sing that song or is there some sort of copyright to that? Uh, no, that's fine. I don't think it'll be recognisable by the, um, <laughs> by the people who check that sort of thing, so we should get away with that. Does any of that help you, Jess, as, as yeah. to which song you'd like to lock in? I mean, I was thinking Wind Beneath My Wings because it was the first one I thought of, mm-hmm. so I'm going to lock that in. Why would you ruin a pattern? Of course, it wasn't Wind Beneath My Wings. It was From a Distance. Ah. Oh, from a oh. distance there was home. Didn't catch that second line there. What was that? And now we take you back to the very first episode, which we actually recorded at the start of 2019, like February 2019, I think it was, when we first piloted this show. Uh, thought of bringing it back and then it was so funny that I thought we're never going to top that. Um, so if you haven't listened to the pilot, it is absolutely worth going back and hearing Luke McGregor before he'd met the devil try and get 10 out of 10. Uh, and he was joined by friend of Cal Wilson's Jocasta Noonan, an extra special extra who specialises in dying sequences and uh, a friend of Zach from Auntie Donna's, <laughs> international composer, Hans Zimmer. Hello there. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Thank you. This is an honor for me as well because I, uh, I mean, Lion King, we're talking Inception. Inception. I did the soundtrack to Inception. You mentioned Gladiator before. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, I remember the scene where you died. Uh, It was a very powerful moment. And I was the one that created the music for this moment. I had the drums uh, going at the time. This is what was in fashion. I had drums and I... um, Initially, I wrote it on the keyboard. Uh, I would just sit down and, and Ridley, he said to me, I want passion, I want death. G- given how moving some of your scores are, I, I assume you've, yeah, obviously, it's, feel free not to answer this, but have you had people who are close to you ask, it'd be an honor for you to do my funeral at school? Uh, you know, this is the thing. I, I don't have a lot of time for friends. You yeah, know, I've, I enough. live in a big mansion in LA and I write music for the films. Yeah. You know, um, well, so I guess you've sort of, you've scored, you may have scored many of Jocasta's death scenes. And, you know, if you don't have friends, I am prepared to die in real life so that you can score my funeral. Wow, that's, that this is a real honor. Uh, would you like one loud, monotonous sound? This is what I'm doing at the moment. Maybe I've, two notes. I think so. Just a, an, like a siren, but melancholy. Oh, yes. I can do this very easily. Uh, or I could uh, collaborate with someone to do some sad music wailing over my big, long notes. You know, this is really... The, it's sounding good. Thank you. You know, and I'll just sit at a keyboard. Someone will pay me three and a half million dollars and I'll produce this for them <laughs> within a day and a half. Amazing. Wow. That is a per hour rate. Is it, is a dream scenario, really, isn't That's it? Amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, and, but, you know, I don't do it for the three and a half half million dollars. I do it to make long, monotonous sounds in yeah. big blockbuster movies. I remember the first time, because uh, we were obviously trying to get you for Rosehaven, we can't afford you, but um, just <laughs> the, the, the the length of the doorbell is extraordinary here, <laughs> waiting outside the fence for that doorbell to finish. Yeah. Who wrote the What Katie Did series of children's books? This is going to bother me because I know I've read these books as a child. Oh, you've read? I've, what I've Katie not read did, books. What Katie Did Next, Why Katie Is In Prison, <laughs> all of them. They did pivot quite, quite, yeah. quite quickly into adult mm. did she with, the, with the Canadian jail. She did everybody. That was the whole problem. Right. Well, if they ever did a film version, lots of roles 
Oh, lot, yeah. Oh, yes. She shagged a lot of dead people. <laughs> yeah, I remember mum reading it to me as a child and, and uh, thinking, wow, this is real baptism of fire into the uh, into what society's like. It's yeah. quite a you know popular book in Germany for the children, but we have a darker sense of humour there. So it's true. It's, you know we just have a darker outlook. Yeah, it's true. Um, but the children they love it. They listen to these stories and um, they'll often go, "Oh, could we please hear the next story? Uh, what? Why Katie is having some trouble with the parole board?" Uh, you know? the, yeah, I found that I actually vomited after I saw the when my, when we bought, mum bought me the pop up book, and uh, it, was, it was I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Have you had any kids, Hans? Have, do I have children? You know, yeah, I think question, of every yeah. one of my scores as a child. Mm-hmm. If I could ask you, yes. uh, what would the soundtrack be to this podcast? You know, I'd probably could- do something um, maybe with some drums. So like, dup, 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 and then just sort of a... What do you wish you scored that you didn't? Anything that little dweeb Danny Elfman does, you know, whenever he's coming at a, a soundtrack, he did the first Batman. And I said, that was cute, Danny. I'm going to do the next Batman. Yep. And um, then I did a little nookie on him because he's a little dweeb. Have you seen this Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo? Not in the not in the flesh, no. No, he's no. a little dweeb. He really is very embarrassing. I quite like his score though for Batman. Oh, doopy 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 doo, doopy doop doop doop. Yes, this is my impersonation of Danny Elfman's music. Doopy doopy doop, ma ba ba ba. It's so amateur, you know. It's a little dweeb from Oingo Boingo thinks he can make movie music. Ha <laughs> I laugh at him, you know. Do you do you have any other composers that you admire, like John John Williams? You know, he's all right. Um, you know, he does some good music. Uh, I also love Alexandra Desplat. He is doing some exciting things. Uh, Philip Glass, he was this little dibbly dibbly dibbly. Oh, do you love that one? You know, so yeah. I think he is doing some very exciting stuff. Any really anyone but the little dweeb. And sometimes we just gang up at the Oscars. You know, he got to nominate for an Oscar for this this movie about the people with the big eyes. And um, we just cornered him in the toilets at the Kodak Theatre and we just bashed him up because he's a little dweeb. <laughs> he's a little nerd. <laughs> this is what we do, you know, it's a tough game. And if you're going to come around with your little deebly deebly, you know, you can, you can fuck off, if, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. I think from the sounds of that, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know who wrote what Katie did? Um, a woman's name. Yes. Oh, so we put a woman's name? Yeah, I'm happy to block in a woman's name. What if it is an androgynous name? Will we fall into some? Oh, it's like Adrian. Or George, you know? Yes. Um, Yeah, well, if we could lock in an androgynous name. So it's really just a name. If we could lock in a name. Yeah, no, it wasn't a name. It was Sarah College, so no score there. Uh, Zero out of eight so far, I think. Now, this next step. Features uh, host one host of popular ABC podcast from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, Finding Desperado, such a good show, such a good show. Finding Drago was brilliant. Their follow-up is as good, if not better. Alexi Toliopoulos joined us along with the Brains Trust of Sophia Nisoise, PA to the Stars, friend of Susie Yusuf's, and. Uh, Friend of Bridie Connell's, a stuntman, wannabe stuntman, 
Blind Mason. Uh, hey, thank you so much for having me. I am jazz, man. Psyched. <laughs> hey, Blaine, thanks for helping me out today. <laughs> I could not be happier, honestly. Uh, did you have you? What's your area of expertise, Blaine? Where yeah. can you help me out today? Uh, well, like parkour. If there's any questions about parkour, I'm your man. How long have you been doing parkour for? That's a. Uh... I was parkouring before I was walking, man. Passionate about it every day. Out there, jumping, running, tumbling, free falling. You know that song, free falling, based on my life. Question number six: What do plants extract from the air to use in photosynthesis? What do plants mm. extract from the air to use in photosynthesis? So we're turning our minds to science now. Mm. Yes. I guess cool. parkour is a is a science. It's a science of the body and the mind. Mm. That's what right. What do you extract from the air when you're doing parkour? I mean, that is a great question, my dude. For me, it's not so much about taking. It's about what I'm giving and putting back mm. into the atmosphere around me. So is that like mostly uh, like sweat? Yeah, and like perspiration. That too. Wow. So moisture. I don't know that word, but sure, man. And do you think plants are similar, taking moisture out of the out of the air for photosynthesis? I think humans are like ninety percent plant, from what I understand. But in this case, um, my guess is the c word is, is a c word. That was from an earlier question. This is what do plants oh. extract from the air to use in photosynthesis? Mm-hmm. No hint from a letter at all. No, no letter hint. No, I mean it could be a c word, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Can anyone Maybe think we of a C word? a C word anyway. Colostrum, for sure. Lock it in twice. Yeah. Colostrum? Colostrum, or if it's close enough to a like chloroform kind of thing, chlorophyll, something like that is good. Chlorophyll sounds right, man. I know a girl called chlorophyll. We dated in senior year. <laughs> Where did you go to high school? School of life. Got Fuck expelled. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. What is the senior year at, at school of life? Because in, in sort of in high school here in Australia, <laughs> it's uh, year 12 or so 17, 18 would be a senior mm. year. Well, that- I graduated. Oh, God. You're really making me think about some math here, which I'm not used to doing. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> and we'll lock in chlorophyll yeah. then, Alexi, on question six. Yes. I mean, it's definitely something like carbon or carbon dioxide or something like this, but you say chlorophyll if it makes you feel like you have control. Um, I don't need control. I'll just take it, change it to carbon dioxide from now on and let's move on to the next question. Holy shit, we got one right. One out of ten so far in this best of 2020 episode of Wax Quizzical. Final question uh, goes to the team of Nick Cody in the contestants' chair along with good friend of Zach from Auntie Donna's, uh, Thomas Oakley OA, ex-Channel 10 political reporter, and one of New South Wales's top staffy breeders, a friend of Nikki Britton's, it's Elise Sanderson. Yeah, hello, Byron. <laughs> How are you, sweetheart? Yeah, this is more my vibe. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. thanks for joining us. Yeah, oh, Nick. Hello, darling. I've seen your bit about um, staffies and that. Yeah. You- you love a staffy, don't you? Love a bloody staffy. You breed a few yeah, there. Yeah, well, I got, I got, a, I got a staffy. I'm, I'm breeding that staffy with whoever all kind of wafts past her. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> really, is that is that your approach to breeding? Yeah, staffy cross everything. <laughs> yeah, I love them. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's a bogan dog. It is, and I'm, I'm proud of it. 
How many cars without tyres do you have? <laughs> 17. Sick. Good collection. Yeah, we got, 17, we, got, we got 12 out the front and then five out the back. Well, the maths adds up. My husband Derek's working on them all the time. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. I don't mm. think they'll ever run again. But yeah. he's, he, he tinkers, you know. You've got to yeah. keep tinkering. That's the yeah. thing. All these people in lockdown, they're all like, oh, what are we going to do? What Just tinker. Just have a good bloody thinker for six weeks. You'll be shocked how fast the time will go. And that's kind of that's kind of what you do as a dog breeder, isn't it? You sort of tinker with genetics. Yeah, genitals. I tinker with the genitals <laughs> and I make sure I'll get them in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, g- genetics. Oh, you like the breeds and that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do as well. Staffy yep. cross Jack Russell. Uh, we got a Staffy cross. What do you call that? What's a uh, stacky? What's that? A, a Staffy cross Jack Russell. That's What's just- that's a stocky little thing. That is. Yep. Yeah. That'll outrun anything, you know. You get you get your staffy staffy cross And is that the goal? How fast they run? Uh, well, you know, we're breeding them. We're breeding them for for speed, agility. Mm. We're breeding them for for you know all these people in the city and whatnot. They want their sort of rescue. They want to sort of look like they've done a good thing. <laughs> so we breed them for sort of terrible attitude and sort of obnoxious Perfect. personality. Yeah. And then. When they got, then we, we give them the little, um, you know, the jacket they can wear down the dog park that says, oh, I'm a rescue dog and I need some distance. And then all those, mm. then people down the city can feel good about themselves. I haven't heard that before. So, so you, we breed them a bit fast. You breed them, <laughs> breed them specifically for the pound. That, well, that's what, that, I mean, that's, it all comes around, doesn't it? Oh, it's the biggest market the pound, these days, like, isn't If you're it? untrainable in that. Yeah. Then you, you, you get these do-gooders, bloody damn there, bloody, oh, this one's a smoocher, oh, I love him. He'll take your fucking hand off if you turn your back on him. But here he is, I've done a good thing, saved him and all that. So, you know, I'm helping him. Yeah, Can great. I, just quick question, how much signed sports memorabilia do you have in your kitchen? <laughs> just the kitchen alone, you re- is yeah. that what you mean? Like a Danny Green glove next to the spice rack? I'd, yeah. yeah well, well, that that's, that is... Interesting. Have you been to my house yet? It's <laughs> oh. interesting, you know, the specificity Version of that of. location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, to be honest, in the kitchen, I try to keep any sort of kitchen-directed uh, memorabilia in the kitchen. So oh, yeah. it's, it's real niche, yeah. but I do um, I, I do have uh, one of um, uh, Menzies, Steve Menzies' bloody um, fork <laughs> that we nicked from a gala dinner that we went to there. <laughs> For the, oh, nice. for the French Bulldog Association, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. fancy. And, Elise, are there any other um, expert topics aside from dogs, perhaps tinkering with cars, that if they were to pop up in the quiz today, you'd have a bit of extra knowledge on to assist with Nick? You know, you know what? I actually don't know much about the tinkering of the cars. Oh. Um, because that's my, that's Derek's. That's Derek's That's area, Derek. yep. to be honest. And you know what? You need a good marriage is boundaries. And he has that out there with the tinkering of the cars. And so boundaries is my other one. So if anything sort of comes up around, you know, emotional boundaries or sort of um, interpersonal relationships and um, yep. the need for both vulnerability and a sense of strong self-worth, then that's me. I'm, I've got it. Wow. That's it. Great. And also... A border collie mix. Who is set to play Catwoman in the upcoming film The Batman? Who is set to play Catwoman in the next Batman movie? Uh, Thomas Oakley, do you get down to see much more than the occasional documentary? Like the Ides of March, is that what you're referring to? That was a fantastic film I saw about five Mm. years ago, the last time I went to the (laughs) cinema. Yeah, it's, well, it's a very popular movie from a while back, isn't it? 
Yes. Now, that movie showed the joy and the fun, certainly, of a politician's life, something we don't think of often. But let me tell you, the one thing I can say about Catwoman is that is a difficult role to play. Much like Penny Wong in the Senate, one has to step into that role with acumen, with presence and with passion. But one also needs to understand that they are not the Prime Minister. To play within this Parliament House is a different game to the media landscape. I'm going to say Zoe Kravitz. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon it's Zoe Kravitz. (laughs) Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas, I imagine when you go to the movies, it's never in a theatre that has more than maybe 30 seats in it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. never a, They're all spread out as well, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, you've not seen a blockbuster. My local cinema has has a wine glass with three different lines on it. I get to choose the amount of wine in my glass and they've humorously titled it things like feature length, short film, that sort of thing, to indicate yeah. the amount of wine I get poured. I get the largest amount of wine because I am an alcoholic. <laughs> Elise Sanderson, uh, the comic books uh, make their way into your life at all or perhaps the movies uh, that, that come from them? No, I've got no bloody time for it sort of, that sort of thing. I mean, Footrock Flats was quite good, actually. <laughs> that wasn't bad there with um, Snoopy, actually. Snoopy was a dog. actually also very good. Strong connection there, relationships, you know, relationships and dogs, and that's what I'm about. I don't care for this bloody Catwoman bullshit, though. I'm a, I'm a dog person through and through. I'll fucking cut a bitch that fucking says I'm the fucking shit. Get out of the house with dogs or cats. It's not even a fucking competition. I'm sick of this. Christ, this BuzzFeed bullshit. Are you a fucking cat or a fucking dog person? Get out of me face, you dumb cat. All right, Nick. Well, there's um, there's that or Zoe Kravitz as the two options available to you, or you could go your own way as well. Well, uh, what do you reckon? One of the things I have to do for the uh, breakfast radio job is unfortunately read far more news than I'd like to read from all different sources. And I did see that there was Zoe Kravitz name, but I thought that was for a was that for a series? Is this for a movie or a series? This is the upcoming film, The Batman. You know what? They can't go Anne Hathaway again. They can't steal her from the other one. I, I will lock in Zoe Kravitz. Locking in Zoe Kravitz. Question number four. Is this, I'm so sorry, are we, is this for a, a human being playing and sort of dressing up in that, in a cat? Yeah, yeah, like. Oh, in, I do apologise. I hear cat and I'm triggered. Um. That, uh, yeah, no, Zoe Kravitz is a good one. So just, yeah, just, yeah. just hearing the word cat sort of sets you oh, off. Don't say it again. Come on. What's the question for? Do you like the musicals of Angeloid Webber? I know where you're going. <laughs> no where you're going with it. Question number four. I hope it's not what AFL team is based in Geelong. <laughs> They said Zoe Kravitz and it is indeed Zoe Kravitz, giving us two out of ten for the best of episode of Wax Quizzical. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that was fun. It has been an amazing six months. And uh, as we kick off next week, we have an incredible six months ahead of us, starting with Dilruk Jaya Singer is going to be on. Luke McGregor is back as Satan. Cal Wilson 
Jeeves Verner, Matt Stewart, Mish Grigger, who you might have seen pop up on Auntie Donna, and a whole heap more. Uh, those episodes, Monday, every Monday, you can catch it. If you enjoyed this and you've made it this far, I suspect you may have. Uh, there's a subscribe button in the app that you're in right now. And that means that every single Monday morning, first thing, it'll be in your inbox so you can listen on the train. Remember public transport? Uh, we'll get back to recording them. My name's Kyron Wheatley. That's Wax Quizzical. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.